Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. We've been in a series for the most part. We're, we're a couple weeks into sort of a, a break-off mini-series, but we were going through the entire book of Ephesians verse by verse in a series called Raised to Life. And a couple weeks ago, Pastor Chad felt stirred in his heart, uh, felt an urgency place in his heart. Those who don't know, Pastor Chad is our lead pastor. Um, he, he pastors our Republic campus as well. That it was uh, important for us as a church to, to dive into 30 days of prayer and 30 days of repentance, right? And he said, man, I just, he, he was on vacation. He goes, I feel like the Lord keeps putting in my heart Second Chronicles 7.14. He goes, I believe this is a word for our church in the season. This is what the verse says. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Last week, we talked about humbling ourselves, right? If they'll humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks here, just, just a quick mini-series, then we'll jump back into Race to Life. We'll jump back into moving through the entire book of Ephesians verse by verse. But we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks, last week we talked about humbling ourselves. This week I want to talk about prayer then we're going to talk about seeking God and turning from our wicked ways, all while emphasizing prayer, devoting ourselves to prayer in these 30 days like we haven't in a long time, devoting ourselves to repentance, an emphasis on, God, what are you, what are you asking me to surrender? What are you asking me to give up? What are you asking me to pick up and put down and believing that he's going to be sensitive um, or will be sensitive to that and, and responsive to that? So are y'all ready to talk about prayer a little bit? Come on, I'm going to pray. Amen. And then we'll talk about prayer. Jesus, we, we invite you into this space. Father, it is my heart, it is my request that you would use this word in a divine way. Father, I pray that you would minister to everybody in this room through this word and through your word. Father, right now, till the soil of our hearts. Help it, help it to be fertile ground that as the seed of your word goes forth, it, it land, it grow roots, it, it would produce fruit in our lives. Father, we don't want to just be hearers of your word. We want to be doers also. Your word says if we just, if we just listen, if we just come in here and, and we just listen and we don't apply it, as, your word says we're fooling ourselves. God, we don't want to fool ourselves. Uh, we want to know you well. We want great intimacy with you. So help us, um, help us to receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Most of you guys know my parents. They're, they're here almost you know, every week for the most part. Um, Man, just when you think 2020 can't get any worse, uh, dad got a phone call, his best friend from high school, he's been keeping in touch with him really uh, ever since high school and um, tragically passed away. So my, my parents aren't here this week. They're up in the Northeast. He's, you know, so keep them in your thoughts and your prayers. And if you know dad, you can reach out to him. Um, but <clears throat> I also feel now this is, kind of a bad segue, but I also feel them not being in the room, not, not that I don't have empathy or anything, but them not being in the room, I, I think I need to take advantage of my dad not being in the room because it really be the only time I can tell this story too. So <laughs> I actually FaceTimed him this week, to be honest with you, because I, you know, I knew it, he's going through a rough time and I knew if I shared this story with him, it was it, it would at least put a smile on his face. So I, I was in my office prepping the message and I FaceTime, I said, I said, Dad, you remember this one time 
um, uh, you know, share the story with him. And he's like, we're both cracking up on the phone. And I just tried to like sneak it in at the end. I'm like, you care if I tell that on Sunday? Like, you know, like, do you care? And he's like, no, you can't tell that. He's, he's like, no, you definitely can't. And I said, well, too bad. All right, I, I love you. I hope everything's going okay. And so if y'all don't mention it, I won't mention it. And we'll take care of the podcast. We'll figure that out, okay? <laughs> For real, where's all my dads in the room? Are you a, if you're a dad in the room, put your hand up in the air. Okay, let's take this one step further. If you're a dad with daughters, stand up for me. If you're a dad with daughters, stand up. Can we pray? Can we pray for the dads with daughters? Y'all sit down. Y'all can sit down. Um, you know, this is, this is a, here's the deal. Abigail and I, more and more, we're starting to have that kid conversation. Can I get an amen right there? Yeah. Amen. Come on. Here's the deal. We've been practicing for three years, and I think we're ready to do the real thing, you know? So we're, we're more and more having this conversation. But if I could just be honest, I don't know that I could do the whole baby girl thing. <laughs> Scares me. Gentlemen, dads of daughters, like it, it's not the newborn age, okay? It's, it's not the toddler or the adolescent age that scares me. You know what age it is? The boyfriend age. That's what scares me, okay? It's, it's a terrifying thing. And my poor dad, had to raise three girls, and not just three girls, three gorgeous girls, right? And um, almost every single one of them has had their bad boyfriend season. Like, and I just got to observe all of it. Now, my sisters, I, I, I love them, but sweet Lord, like, we're, we're called to love everybody, but we are not called to date everybody. Can I get an amen right there? So really quick, here's just some free, quick dating advice. Who's single in the room? Put, put your hand up in the air if you're single in the room. Okay, single people look around, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank me later. But, but here's, the, here's the mistake a lot of us, I think, make while dating. It is we pursue potential in, instead of uh, perceived patterns, right? Yeah, that's good. You can write that down. Yeah, we, 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 we pursue potential Man, I, he's just a really great guy. You know, I know he messes up. I know he acts like a jerk sometimes, but there's really something deep down in there that I just love and I just appreciate. So, holy moly, there we go. <laughs> Let there be light. Come on. But seriously, I, I think a lot of times, and I think what, that's what some of my sisters in these certain seasons, that's what they were slipping into. I think they were pursuing potential. That's what I'm going to leave it at, rather than observing patterns, Okay. <laughs> So my poor father had to live through bad boyfriend choices of not just one daughter, but three. Amen. So in one season in particular, I won't say which sister, okay? Or at least I'll try not to. Might slip, but this specific sister is, is dating this guy, and the guy that she's dating is having a hard time understanding that dating... Um, means exclusivity, right? It means you don't talk with or pursue other people while you're dating one person, okay? This is, this is what's going on with him. And I, I think she's trying to, trying to see the potential, hanging in there, making excuses, trying to justify the behavior. And as the family, we're all looking at each other like, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. So my, my, my dad is having 
tons of conversations with her. My, all of us are having conversations. It's taking an emotional toll on the sister. It's causing strife. She was emotionally invested, though. It was a tough situation. Didn't feel like she was ready to leave when it was obvious that she should. Just anyone know what kind of situation I'm talking about? Like, you know, not you, of course. You haven't been in this, but you know somebody who has, right? My parents tried and tried to talk some sense into her, but she wouldn't hear it. Maybe they'd break up for a second or, 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 or they'd throw around the breakup word, but they'd come to find out they'd just stay together or she'd make excuses for his behavior. So I think my dad just finally got to the point where he's like, all right, if this is going to happen, if this boyfriend's going to go away, it's going to have to be God. Like, God, it's going to have to be you. And, and, and dad just started fervently praying, like, Lord, you, you, need, to, you need to intervene in here. You need to intervene in this situation. And, and sure enough, like on, on this particular night, my sister, this particular sister shows up. It's not Jess, by the way, so we can just put, put that out there. We're down to two. Oh, man. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Just cut that tension right there. Yeah. So this sister, she, she shows up to the house. She shows up to the house and she, she goes, mom and dad, she's finally decided she's going to break up with them. And it's real. Like, this is real. You know what's going to happen. So whatever, man, they cry. They laugh. They, they hug, right? It's like, wow, finally this moment we've all been believing for and praying for. And man, it's just... Time for y'all to go your separate ways, this, this celebration. Everybody's joyful. So my dad heads, it's the end of the night, right? My, my dad heads back into his room to get ready for bed. Um, and he's so elated that God is just faithful to answer his prayer, right? That in the middle of changing, he just had to give God a butt naked praise. Amen. <laughs> Come on. God, God ever been so good? You, you just couldn't even wait. You just had to get right to it. So, so my dad is he, is, he is in his room, eyes closed, hands raised, not wearing a single piece of clothing. Okay, this is like, this is like David walking into the city, dancing in the loincloth. This is a, a similar situation. Come on, God ever been so good though, he's worthy of a butt naked praise, amen? Come on. While he is in the middle of this praise, raising his hands, just rejoicing in the Lord, this particular sister walks into the room and immediately starts praying to unsee what she has just seen, okay? Come on, can we talk about prayer, okay? Now, before, uh, before I share what I'm most convicted to share this morning, I, I wanna walk us through a passage in Luke 11. And what we see in Luke 11 is Jesus' disciples, like, you know, like my sister rolling up on my dad in the middle of his prayer, or Jesus' disciples roll up on Jesus in the middle of his prayer. Okay, just context is a little different. So Luke 11, verse 11, or, or Luke 11, verses 1 through 13, it says this. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, can you teach us how to pray? Just as John taught his disciples. So I don't know if this, this was probably something the disciples saw Jesus do often, because we know Jesus would go off by himself. He'd pray. Jesus was a man of prayer. He was, he was committed to prayer. 
And I can just visualize it, the disciples walking up on Jesus like, yeah, and he's praying. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, can, can you teach us how to pray? Like, we, we want to pray like you pray. And, and I love this. Isn't it incredible that we can watch, we can hear the words of Jesus teach people how to pray? Like, right now, we get to read. Yeah, Jesus is like, sure, I'll, I'll teach you how to pray. And here's what he says. He said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Now, I'm just going to move through this, and I, and I don't really have points, but I, I think here, here's some basic prayer principles that I want to run through with you. I think the first thing we can do when we come to pray, and I don't think Jesus meant to pray this specifically word by word. I think you can, and, and that's perfectly, I mean, that is sufficient for sure. But I think Jesus was saying, come on, when you approach God, can you just recognize him for who he is? Hallowed be your name. You're coming back. God, you, you created everything. You're mighty. You're holy. But it, it's this moment to fix our eyes on, on the magnitude of who you are. So Jesus says, he says, he says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And then he goes into verse Three here, he says, give us each day our daily bread. Now, I love how Jesus, I think sometimes maybe we feel guilty or ashamed. I don't just want to come into prayer and just ask God for stuff. Like, I don't just want to be a needy little kid. Or, and we say, Jesus did it. Jesus said, God, can you provide for today? Can you give me what I need for today? Can you sustain me for today? Make your request known. We know the scriptures say make every request known, right? Whether it's big or small, I believe God wants all our requests to be made known. I think God loves when we talk to him. And Jesus says, Father, give us each day our daily bread. Come on, ask God for what you need. Amen? Don't be bashful. Don't be shy. Don't feel guilty. Don't be ashamed. Give us each day our daily bread. And then he says, forgive our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And so Jesus almost gives this little kind of mini prayer, but then he goes on to continue teaching about prayer and what prayer should look like in the life of a believer. And he says this, it says, verse five, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, okay? Uh, and, and you go to him, at, at midnight, and you say, friend, um, can you lend me three loaves of bread? And a, a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. You know, get out of here. What are you knocking on my door for at midnight? It's late. What, what are you coming to my house asking me for bread for? Go ask somebody. Make the bread yourself, right? That's what it says. He says, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Verse eight, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And I think part of the reason Jesus is using this illustration while he's teaching about prayer is because he's trying to tell the disciples, I want you to be relentless when you pray. I want you to be relentless. I want you to be persistent. What do, you, what do you believe in God for? What do you ask? How often are you talking with God? How often are you, are, are you saying, Lord, can, can you be with me? Can you help me? Can you sustain me? Can, can you make me, can you intervene in that situation? He says, just, just be persistent. Just be ruthless. 
I like that word, ruthless. And then he's not done. He, he continues on, verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. We, we see Jesus is saying, ask, y'all. Seek. Knock. Ask. Seek. Knock. Are you, are you persistently pursuing me? Ruthlessly pursuing me? For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And then he says, which, which of your fathers, you know, which, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will he, will he give him a scorpion? He says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I love how Jesus, he's, he's teaching us about the character of God. He's like, listen, dads who have daughters, you, you like to give your kids good gifts, right? But, but you're human and you're broken and you're sinful. Uh, imagine a, a father who's perfect. Uh, imagine his heart for his kids. Imagine what he wants to give his kids, right? How he wants to respond to the need of his kids, that Jesus is teaching. Come on, I, I believe God's word is true. Do you believe God's word is true this morning? I, and if we believe God's word is true, then we have to believe that our prayers, they, they have the ability to shift things in the heavenly. They, they have the ability to shift things in a divine way. I, I see that as we go through. I, and I believe God loves fervent, faith-filled prayers. I believe he does. And we can find story after story in the scriptures where he's like, pray for one another, lay hands on people, fan into flame the gift that's inside of them. Something supernatural happens when, I, when we lay hands on each other and pray for each other, right? We see in the scriptures, prayer diminishes demonic power, right? It dominates demons. Prayer heals the lame and the sick. Prayer creates greater intimacy with God. But if I could just be transparent as your pastor up here, today, um, if I could just confess as your pastor, I think in ways my prayers lately have probably been a little too timid. I don't know that I've come to God with real crazy faith lately. Really believe in God for incredible divine things. Believe in that, man, when we lay hands here, that it's really going to happen right? Really, really believe in that when, when, we, when we pray against demonic powers, that it's, it's going to stop, right? Like, like I, don't, I don't know. I, I just, in me, I, here's the, I pray daily. I pray all the time, but, but I think I've gotten a little comfortable with what I pray for. I, I think the expectation level I carry with my prayers is like, uh, you know, uh, like, I, I don't know when I just started accepting, let's pray, but this is probably going to be the way it is, but let's pray just in case, just to be sure. What? That, that, that's not what, is that asking? Seek, knock, keep asking, seek, knock. You don't see it? Ask, see, you got the bread? You got the bread? Hey, do you got the bread? Do you got the bread? It's like, hey, if you got the bread, I would love that. That's what it's really been more like. How about you guys? 
Is that where we've been, y'all? I, I really think it is. Like, in my heart, this, this is in my heart. I, I think that I don't know if as a church we've been praying like we believe our prayer has the ability to shift things in the heavenly realm. Because if we did, I think our prayer lives would look a lot different. I, I can remember, I don't, maybe you guys remember, whatever. Most of y'all in youth group as a kid, did anybody go to youth group as a kid? Okay, so you know when you, when you first get saved or, or, or whatever, th- there's, this, there's this fire or, or you come back from youth camp or, or summer camp or I don't know. For me, I, I remember when I was first getting into to ministry, I shared a little bit of this on Thursday, but man, I was, you know, we were going to this small church in Highlandville, Missouri. And I mean, on a good Sunday when we were packed, we had like 25, Okay. And, and I remember we just started preaching to the youth on, on Tuesday nights. And it was just like, even though we're in this building, no lights, no music. I had a speaker I'd plug into the wall. Like, we just made it work, you know. But I remember going in there. I, I would show up an hour before in, in the worship center, praying an hour. God, bring revival through these kids. God, I want to see them healed. I wanna, you know, just coming in with crazy. I remember I would get off work. Like, drive. I was working at Verizon selling cell phones. And, man, sometimes I'd just stop at the church. The church looked like a white shed. Like, it was tiny, you know. And I would just walk circles around the building just praying. God, would you do something miraculous? Would you do something divine? And, and, I, and I'm reflecting on, you know, Mark, have you been praying like that? Have, have you been believing like that? That, that, that God's going to do that here through us in this place, church? Have we been praying like that? Praying with fire? Man, we got lights doing everything today. Come on. I remember those, those bold prayers of God, I, I want to be, be used by you. Like, I want to be, God, send me. I remember being a kid thinking like having visions and dreams. God, I want to I speak to arenas full of people. I want to see thousands stepping into relationships with you. Crazy dreams, crazy vision, crazy faith that God, you're able. I'm just going to make my request known. Believing for, for, for crazy things, God, you're, you're able to do it. I can remember moments of laying hands on people, calling down God's healing grace. Believing with everything in me, God, you're going you're gonna to touch this person. You, you, you're going to heal this person. I remember one night when, when we were youth pastor and there was this young girl. She had hip pain. And, and it was bothering her so bad she'd be tearing up. And, and it was just constant, constant hip pain. Had it for years. And um, Her mom came up to me and she's like, I want you to go pray for my daughter because I want to see her healed. I was like, okay, I'd never prayed for someone and, and seen them healed or anything like that. But I remember there was just, I don't know, I felt like, man, and this is in no means to, to glorify myself, but, it, but it's faith in, in, in his work. It's faith in his work. I, I remember going up and just with, with faith in who he was, I can remember just, just calling out, just calling out to God and really believing, like almost being overwhelmed just, God, you, God, you're able to do this. This is, man, this is easy for just believing with faith. And, and nothing happened in that moment. But that night I went home and I got a phone call. 
Remember, we're at Old Stone. I get a phone call, and this girl is hysterically crying, saying, I, have, I, I just started praying in my room, I just, and I have no pain. I have, I have no pain. It's totally gone. I texted, literally texted her mom this week because I, I knew I wanted to share that story. And uh, I called her mom. I said, hey, just, just curious, you know, Haley have any more pain? And she's like, no, none. And, and it's like, and, and it's these moments. I don't know, or, or do, we, do we have, are we just believing that God's able? Or, or have we got to this place where it's like, eh, whatever happens, happens. You know? I look at the New Testament and I see some of these. I see the New Testament church and I watch the way they prayed. I watch the way they believed. And I just, I wrestle, man. Is, is that how we're praying as a church? Is that how we're believing as believers? Or, or have we been so, so hindered and so numbed by discouragement and so distracted by what's going on in the world? And man, we didn't see it happen here, so we just kind of gave up. And I don't know. But I look at the New Testament and I, and I look at the expectation of the believers. And this is where I want to spend the rest of our time this morning in Acts 12. Um, you know, I shared this over COVID. Uh, when we were doing our online videos, I shared it on Thursday at our prayer, but I think this story's worth sharing again. So um, I, I want to share out of Acts 12, where we see Peter get put in prison. Uh, Acts 12, verses 1 through 17, it says this. It says, It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. Okay, he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw this met the approval of the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. Okay, so we have King Herod. Keep in mind that the gospel's spreading like crazy. The good news about Jesus is spreading like crazy. And um, Christians, they're, they're being persecuted. King Herod, he's already killed James, right? He's already killed um, Jesus' brother James, and um, he, he sees that the Jews applaud it. He's like, all right, this is gaining me favor with the people. This is giving me status, right? So, so he gets Peter, who, who's just a giant in the faith, right? And, and he throws Peter in prison. It says, uh, this happened during the festival of unleavened bread. Verse four, after arresting him, he put him in prison handing them over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. So we're looking at 16 guards, okay? 16 guards watching Peter in this prison cell. There's no way anyone can escape from this. It, it, even if he was to unlock the cell for all 16 to be sleeping at the same time or for, for him to dominate all 16, whatever, it's just not going to happen. Right? That's not realistic. This is, he is on lockdown. But I want you to consider who Peter, this is in Acts 12. Like, th this is after passages we've seen where Peter's, people are trying to get in Peter's shadow so they can be healed. That's how anointed this man is. This man is so, this man's stepping in front of government officials and Sanhedrins, bringing the gospel. This man's getting beat up, right? Then, then walking away rejoicing. It's like Peter is a giant in the faith. He, Peter watched Jesus. 
Peter walked on water, right? Encountered Jesus in, in, in miraculous ways. Peter, Jesus is gone, but Peter's the leader. Like Peter's the, he, Peter's the captain of the team. Well, what are the, what's the way? What's the believers? What, what are the Christians going to do without Peter? Peter's our guy. Like, Pastor Peter, you're, you're taking, what are we going to do? Who's, who's going to lead us, Right? And he's thrown in prison with, with 16, locked in a cell, 16 prison guards. So, so you know what the church does? They say, this is outrageous. I can't believe they put Peter. So they start blasting on social media. Free Pete. Hashtag set Pete free. Let's go. Set Pete free. Right? They, they get pickets. They get pickets and they walk through the city with torches and they're free. Pete. Set Pete free. Right? They start going nuts. They start burning down buildings and robbing buildings. Right? And, and they plot to take out government officials. That's what they do. Right? Right? They, they get on their Facebook and they go, this is what we should do. This is the way you think. This is. They go nuts. No. But what does that sound like? <laughs> Amen. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So what does the church do when leader, their leader, Peter, their guy, Peter, the, the, the captain, right? What do they do? So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying. They prayed. They prayed. They prayed because they knew, yeah, we could revolt. Yeah, we could go take somebody out. Yeah, we could, we could go try and take out the guards or try and sneak into the prison to let them out. We, we could do that. Or you know what we could do? We could have crazy faith and believe that God is able. That's what we could do. So it says the believers got together and they earnestly prayed. They fervently prayed. They enthusiastically prayed. They ruthlessly prayed. They prayed. They prayed. And then the night before, somebody say the night before. The night before, come on. I, sometimes God is a last minute God, amen? The night before, Herod was to bring him to trial. Peter was sleeping between the two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance, right? So while this is going on, Peter, Peter's locked up. Peter's got guards all around him, but there was a church that was praying. Verse seven, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone around the cell. And he struck Peter on the side. He woke him up. He said, quick, get up. He said, and what happened? Chains fell off his wrist. Chains fell off his wrist. I have to believe that the church's prayers had something to do with this. I have to believe it's God's work. It's God's hand. But I have to believe that God loves when the church prays. God responds when the church prays. Amen. And then the angel said to him, put on your clothes. He was giving out a butt naked praise. Amen. Come on. <laughs> See how it all ties together here. <laughs> the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. Peter did so. He said, he said boy, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Then the angel told him, 
um, or the angel told him. Then Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. So Peter gets this light blasts into Peter's cell, right? He's like, what the? Set free, right? And then the angel starts leading him out. And Peter, it's so divine. It's so miraculous. It's, it's, Peter literally thinks he's dreaming, but this is, this is really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10, they, they passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And it opened for them by itself. Come on, I have to believe that maybe our prayers, maybe just maybe prayer, just, just suggesting, just submitting, maybe our prayers really have the ability to break chains. Maybe our prayers have the ability to, to, to blind our enemies, to give us victory over our enemies, amen? Maybe our prayers have the ability to open doors that we can't open ourselves. Maybe, just maybe, our prayers have the ability to shift things. Church, have we been praying like we believe it? It opened for them by itself and they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. All right, I've done everything I need to do here. Then Peter came to himself. He said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's, Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Verse 12, and, and, and then when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, and where many had gathered and they were what? Praying. They were praying. They were praying and Peter knocked at the outer entrance. And as the servant named Rhoda came to answer the door, when she recognized, when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. She, like, like she got up, she's like, That's, wait a minute, we, we've been here praying. Wait a minute, we've been praying. Wait, I, 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 think that's, I, I think that's Peter at the door. Like she didn't even let him in. She just runs back to everybody, right? And they're like, you're out of your mind, they told her. But she kept insisting that it was so. They said it must be an angel. But Peter kept on knocking, ruthlessly kept on knocking. Y'all better answer this door. I'm not leaving till y'all answer this door. Amen. Y'all seeing a theme here? He kept on knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw him and they were astonished. Come on. Peter mentioned his hand, Peter mentioned with his hand for them to be quiet and, and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other bro brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. Man, church, I, 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 I don't think we know. I think maybe we've forgotten that our prayers have the ability to, oh man. So, so I, I shared this on Thursday too, but I love when um, in the Gospels, Jesus goes up on, up on the mountain, right? And he's transfigured and he meets with Elijah and Moses. And then he comes down and he comes down and the disciples have been trying to cast out this demon out of a boy. And uh, they just can't do it. This demon is just whatever, dominating and they can't get it out of the, the demonic um, power within this kid is, is forcing him to have suicidal behavior and, you know, throwing himself into fires and trying to drown himself. And, and they're like, we can't cast this demon out. 
So, so they, they get Jesus and they're like, Jesus, we, we can't figure it out. Jesus comes up and, and he just, in his authority, just casts a demon right out, right? Demon's gone, boy set free. And, and later it says the disciples came to Jesus and they asked Jesus, um, um, Lord, Lord, why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we do it? Matthew 21, verses 21 through 22 says, Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. And church, I'm just curious, have we been living like we believe it? So here's what I want to do. Ben you, ben, you can come back up. You can take this if you want. I want us to have a moment to have crazy faith in this place. Would you stand up? Would you stand up with me? I, I don't know if you've been in here, and, and man, it's been a, a battle with illness for years, and you've just given up praying. I don't know if it's maybe a, a relationship that ha has needed help or needed a touch. I don't know if it's a wayward kid. I don't know if it's uh, homosexuality or sexual identity or something like that. I've been wrestling with this and it's, it's just, th this is here. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I just want to have a moment in this place as we focus on prayer. How, how about we start praying with real faith that when we pray, things have the ability to change. So here's the deal, y'all. These altars are open. I don't know what it is we've been praying. Maybe it's, maybe it's doubt. Maybe it's unbelief. Maybe it's anger. I can't get rid of it. I don't know what it is. You know, maybe you need a touch. Maybe you need God to intervene. But come on, can we have some crazy faith this morning? Do I have anybody who has crazy faith to believe God? So here's the deal. We're, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And if, if you have a need, if you're believing something, you got, if you got faith that, that he can do it, if you got faith that you can speak to the mountain and the mountain has to move, these altars are open for you. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, Father, we love you so much. God, I pray right now for, for every need in this room. God, I, I pray specifically courage for anybody in here who's wrestling. I know I need to pray about that. I know I need to lay that down. God, I pray right now for courage. God, would there just be one person who steps out and says, I got faith. God, I, God, I know that our faith, I know that it can even impact other people around us. God, I, I pray that we would have boldness to approach your presence and believe that you have the ability to shift things in the heavenly realms. God, give us courage. Give us boldness. Give us faith to believe that you're able. And God, forgive us for, for the fact that we've forgotten. Father, I pray that you would move through this place. God, I pray that you would respond to these prayers. We love you. We're expectant. We ask it in your holy and mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.